Hi, this is Hope. This is Kareem. Hi, this is Katie from Washington, D.C., and you're listening to No Meat Athlete Radio. Uh, we were hanging out last Thursday or Friday night, having a beer at a local brewery, and you were all excited because the countdown had begun for the release of the new FIFA Nintendo Switch game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, my my son, who's seven, is getting he's really into soccer. He's actually into really playing soccer, so that that's my excuse. We do real soccer. <laughs> um, but the countdown hadn't just begun. The countdown was ending. The countdown had been on for like two months when he and I found out that this soccer game was coming out. Uh, and we just were really excited, and it came out. They're right that it came out hours after you and I were hanging out, and uh, we've we've logged some solid time with it, and it's been it's been really good so far. Awesome. And an unforeseen benefit, Doug. You you, I guess we may have made this a public announcement. Um, when I got my last interesting haircut, I I had found <laughs> I found it from from a screenshot. I brought in a screenshot from this other this uh, iPhone game called score hero that uh, i saw i brought it into the haircut place and said hey give me that give me that cool mohawk cut <laughs> well fifa unforeseen has been just a tre- treasure trove of of haircut options because <laughs> soccer players just do this they just all get cool haircuts and uh and you know with all the graphics the graphics of this are amazing i mean it looks like you're watching tv it's amazing so i gotta figure out how to get a screenshot i might need to actually take a photo of the screen or something uh, and bring that in, but I'm I'm on the lookout for my next haircut. Will it be different than the mohawk look that you had before? Yeah, I think so. I'm kind of tired of that. Okay. <laughs> well, that's I'm, good. I'm I'm gonna be in a wed- a friend's wedding in about four weeks or something from now. So I I don't know if the mo- I don't want to be the guy with the mohawk in the pictures twenty but, years from now. You could have a cool a cool. Haircut. I could have a cool cut. Yeah. You could be that guy. I also don't want to be the guy like most cuts today. If I look at people's haircuts. They all look the same. They all have that power part and the and the super short sides and then the stuff on top. I'm just worried if I look at the, if I get that haircut and have a picture and look at it in ten years, it's gonna it's gonna look like a 1980s haircut does right now to us or 1990. Right? It's just gonna look like totally dated. Like I can't believe we all had that dumb haircut back then. I have so, that haircut. I know you do. And I'm not saying <laughs> it's not dumb now, but if, if you look at a picture of yourself in ten years, you're gonna say, man, I looked like an idiot back then. Even though you don't, because everyone everyone does, you know what I mean. I don't. I don't know if I should be offended by this by this comment or not. No, it's, it's, it's the nature of fashion. It's how things go. We we all do something. It looks cool, and then we look at it later, and we realize it look just just so dumb. Maybe it kind yeah. of is a throwback, though, a little bit. Yeah, that's true. So it is. So maybe, For what maybe I don't know if that'll look good or not. But the funny thing is that we have spent a lot of time talking about haircuts on this podcast. <laughs> like, yeah. I never talk about my haircut with anybody else, really. <laughs> but for some reason, we bring it up a lot on this podcast. Haircuts are very, very low on my priorities list of just important things in my life. For some <laughs> yeah. reason, they come up on this podcast all the time. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> all yeah. right. So anyway, FIFA's been good. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm pro video games. I went for a while. I was anti-video games. Maybe it was like a, a response to my... I spent way too much time playing video games when I was a kid. And I, I w- went totally... Totally dark on video games from like college until until now, really. And now I'm back in. I'm just I think they're good. My we have a lot of fun doing it. Me and my son. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Glad yeah. to hear it. I'm still yes. waiting for that invite to come over and play with you guys. But you have it. Standing open invite anytime you want. <laughs> okay. Thanks. 
Or we get a Switch and we can play online. Ooh. Don't have to see each other in person then. <laughs> Even better. <laughs> All right. We should probably focus on actual topics here. Uh, I guess so, yeah. So we have an interview, another interview. We've been doing these with uh, more frequency recently, which I'm excited about. This one is with a guy named Jean-Philippe Sear, or Sir. It actually has a French pronunciation that I'm not going to attempt, but Sir is, I guess, the English version. Uh, he is known as the Buddhist chef. And kind of interesting with the Buddhist chef. We So we have been – we put out a, a member's newsletter. It's been for academy members only. Now it's for tribe members. And uh, we have been – we put five, like, NMA-approved kind of recipes in there each week, which we, I just think is nice. It just gives people a new flow of recipes coming in. Um, and they can kind of know that they are they are almost entirely whole food, usually pretty low in oil, or we give uh, we give a suggestion for lowering the oil if it's not – uh, they're vegan, of course, and they're healthy. And so, like, and, and simple. Simple is also a really big one, which is why it turns out the Buddha chef recipes often show up in there. Um, so we had been doing that, and then this guy Jean Philippe emailed us. I don't know, a month or two ago, out of kind of out of the blue, saying, "Hey, I'd love to be on your guys' podcast," and he listens. Uh, so that was cool. So we we decided to have him on. We said, "Yes, let's do it. It'd be a good fit. We like his stuff." Um, so yesterday, or yeah, yesterday you and I kind of poked around trying to prepare, get some intelligent questions for the interview. Another thing we're trying to do more recently is prepare mm-hmm, for things. Mm-hmm. Um, and we kind of panicked because <laughs> you go to his site, like, well, I mean, when, when we said, yes, we'll have him on, first of all, it was because we liked his recipes. Then we looked at his Facebook and he has half a million people on there. So we said, okay, that's, you know, good enough for us. He's, he's, he's 500,000 people can't be wrong. So we went to his site, um, and I was trying to find the about page to, to find out about the Buddhist connection and if it was just a clever name or if he actually, you know, has some some reason for calling it that, if he's Buddhist himself. Uh, no about page on the site. Clicked on the blog. It says something like page not found or page error or something. And I was like, all right, we'll look, look at some more of the recipes. And there's only 50 or 60. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's an exaggeration. Maybe there are 100 recipes on the site. But it's not Oshi Glows where you see 1,200 recipes or, or whatever. You know, it's not a like one of these Instagram, Pinterest-type driven, you know, blogs where there's tons of food photos and all kinds of stuff like that. And we mentioned that in the interview. Not that that's a bad thing. Um, it's, just, it's just different. So we were like, we just didn't know what to ask. And we were like, man, this I hope this goes well. We don't really know what's going to happen here. Um, but I think we both were really happy with, with this interview. Like, it just turned out really well. I yeah. found... Lots of inspiration. First of all, in the Buddhist thing, that that was cool. I, there were a lot of connections between that and veganism and simple food, which, you know, it's not that I was unaware of those connections, um, but I just, I don't know, they hadn't really been made uh, explicit or concrete for me until we talked to Jean-Philippe about it. So that was cool. And then just like cooking in general, the way he talked about recipes, the, his explanation for why there are relatively few recipes on his site. Uh, he has a cookbook coming out, by the way, which will have many more, but you know, I just I just started to get a sense for the quality yeah, flavor and, profiles and yeah, it was it was cool to be talking to someone who was, who clearly knew a lot about cooking a lot. You know, I mean, a, a French trained chef, um, yes, but you know, who's cooking vegan food and delicious, simple vegan food. Yeah, we definitely. I mean, I got the sense he knew a whole lot about food and that and that his recipes on his site reflected, which I you know we knew like they're good recipes. I just didn't have this appreciation for. Maybe just how uh, I don't know robust or or versatile or maybe, I don't know what the word is, but you know he talked about consistency, having a re- recipe turn out the same over and over, 
And uh, I don't know. I just I just had this new appreciation for his stuff. So it was it was a very good interview. Uh, the, our our panic was was totally you know without uh, any any real cause. Well, with with cause, but but it turned out to be unfounded. No merit. So, no merit. There you go. Uh, so it was very good. Um, we should. I mean, you know, that's we mentioned the tribe there because that uh, that was the connection. But uh, we do, of course, want to remind people about the tribe. That is our. Uh, I guess kind of listener support program where you get access to some cool stuff, including a special hangout each month with me and Doug where we're going to have fun. And the first one is going to be on Thursday, the day this podcast comes out, our first one with Sid. So if you want to support the show and help us continue to have no ads like we've had for the past three episodes, uh, go to nomidathy.com slash tribe and see what it's all about. It's not expensive. Not at all. <laughs> all right. Well, then let's let's jump right into the interview. Okay, let's do it. Hey everyone, Matt and Doug here. We are with Jean-Philippe Sir, who is known as the Buddhist chef and uh, somebody we are big fans of. We often link uh, Jean-Philippe to your recipes in our Academy newsletter. Uh, I don't know if it's every week, but but very often, and I think sometimes even more than more than one recipe per week. Um, we just we just like your stuff. We like your philosophy, and uh, I'm excited to learn more about you and your brand. Because honestly, as much as I think your recipes are cool, I don't know that much about uh, you or your brand, and it's it's sort of. Uh, cryptic or mysterious when i when i go to your site there's not a whole lot of information about who you are and what That's you do right. uh which is kind of cool so uh, i guess to to get us started can you just talk a little bit about the like why is it called the buddha chef what's the connection and uh, you know are you actually buddhist or is that just sort of a, a you know a name that that conveys a, a certain style of cooking or way of thinking about food uh i'm glad to be here hi guys uh <laughs> First of all, yes, I'm Buddhist, but uh, Buddhism, it's, it's a philosophy and it's a religion. In my case, I believe in the philosoph- philosophical uh, side of it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, I did a lot of uh, retreats and I cook at, uh, at a retreat sometimes. And those meditators, they are my, my guinea pigs, you know what I mean? <laughs> I tried my recipes on them and if it works, I put it up on the, on the website. Cool. Okay. So, what what makes it work? Like to a to a meditator, right? Is it, is it something special, or just if it if it's a good recipe that people like? I mean, my recipes are simple. I always try to remove ingredients because some chefs they like to to put more ingredients, and uh, at one point it's like it's kind of saturated with taste, you know, because you put sweet, you put salt, you put everything, and at one point you you can't differentiate anything on the recipe. And uh, I think great chef, they tend to simplify as much as they can the recipes. And I want everybody to be able to open the cupboards and, oh, I've got everything to do the recipe. You know, when you see a recipe on the Internet and there's like 200 ingredients, it's kind of discouraging. Sure. Yeah, I would say that uh, that simplicity more than anything, uh, aside from, from the, the recipes we share are vegan, um, that simplicity to me is what it is that makes your stuff special and, and the reason that we often choose it to share. Um, I guess, you know, Buddhism is something that I've explored a good bit. I would agree that for me, it has also been more the philosophical side than, than the religious yeah. side. Um, mm-hmm. I don't by any means, you know, pretend or claim to be an expert in it. It's just something I've, I've dabbled in, I guess, read a few books. Uh, certainly there's the vegetarian connection. Uh, are your, I know you talk about your recipes being plant-based, I believe. Uh, are your recipes all vegan, or is that just the ones that we have picked out? Have no, it's it's all it's 100% vegan. I'm vegan. 
And uh, when you cook at a temple or at a meditation center, sometimes they use eggs right. because it's a matter of they they, they don't want to uh, to to in an egg it, it they don't consider an egg uh, uh, to be alive. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But uh, those recipes, most of the Buddhist center, they are vegetarian. And um, yeah, the, the connection is when you get there, you do a retreat, for example, you don't only get to the, uh, the point where you don't cook meat, but you get to a point where you, don't, you behave in a way not to hurt any creatures. So if there's a, a, a mouse, you know, if, if, if you have a, a, a mice problems in the kitchen, you can't just get rid of the mice, you know. Mm -hmm. You have to, to, to keep the place clean enough not to have a problem with mice or with spiders or with anything. So it's, it's good to immerse yourself in this kind of environment and to make you realize, oh, this, it's, just, it's just a fly, you know. It's just a, it's just a, a spider. But when you come back to your real life, you know, you're more compassionate uh, towards all creatures. Because I think that's, that's the root of Buddhism. It's compassion and karma, which is the connection between uh, action and reaction. So if at one point all of our actions uh, create a, uh, a reaction, whether it's with, with, if you eat animals, an animal is going to have to suffer. So that's that's the Buddhist uh, point. Were you into Buddhism before you started going to, uh, and started cooking at these retreats, or were they what inspired you to kind of begin thinking this way? I was interested in Buddhism for uh, twenty years, but even when you're you're you go to retreats and you don't already make the connection, that's that's what amazing. It, you can read as many books as you like, but if you don't make the connection between the beliefs and uh, your uh, your actions. I mean, it's not. Uh, at one point, you have to 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 ask yourself, am I am I doing it for me, for myself, or for the good of of all all beings? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so yes, I was very interested in Buddhism as a philosophical. Uh, subject, you know, but uh, to integrate it, I think it you need a switch, you need a a, a spark. Sure, makes sense. So I here I can imagine someone listening to this because I'm kind of doing it myself, saying, "All right, cool. It sounds like Buddhism is about being compassionate to animals and not wanting to kill mice or spiders, and you know, having having the the." mindfulness compassion to like you said not just eradicate the problem but but do something that, that doesn't create a problem in the first place um that's right but someone listening to this so i had i not already explored some buddhism uh i might say well i'm vegan and being vegan has already made made me that way right i've already gotten that way yeah. so i don't yeah. need buddhism or i don't need further buddhism would you say that is a, a fair thing to say? Like, could could veganism kind of be a path to to this way of thinking? Because sure. honestly, that's probably how I how I got interested in Buddhism just just from the way of that my course. mind kind of changed when I started eating this way. And compassion is compassion, whenever it, it comes from, you know. 
But for me, the spark was more like when I was uh, I was a chef for many years in, in many restaurants. And obviously, when you cook in high-end restaurants, you have to cook meat. I mean, mm-hmm. you can't do a career without cooking ducks and steak. And especially me, because I was a ducks, kind not of... ducks, dogs, right? Yeah, that's in many in many countries it's dark, but that's another that's another point, <laughs> right. you know. Okay, good. But at one point I was on the countryside. I just moved to the countryside, and uh, I, I was hired to by by a traiteur, as they say in French, you know, to do a banquet with the mayor and all. There was there was four hundred people, and it was uh, at a funeral home. <laughs> that's crazy, <laughs> but it was it was at the funeral home, and we were serving a lamb. And I was in charge of cooking the lamb, and there was just two two uh, two ovens there, and that was a nightmare. And at one point, just I, I I think just seeing all of those lambs, I it it creates it created something in in me, and I realized it was like a revelation for me. I could picture all of those animals. You know what I mean? And when you serve lamb to four hundred people. I don't know if you know what I mean, but it's a lot of meat. It's mm-hmm. a lot of animals. And people were just picking at those foods, you know? And when I, I, I saw those plates coming back, uh, some of them were, were full. I was like, we're very spoiled as, as a society. How, how dare we, I mean, killing animals for entertainment, and for high-class uh, restaurants, and not even touching it. I mean, that's crazy, right? So that's where the connection was made for me between all of those theoretical, theoretical philosophy, Buddhist philosophy of compassion and karma and whatever, and real life when you see the suffering that, that is caused by our, our way of, uh, of living. So, so was it was it during that after that event that you decided to yes, stop cooking meat? Yes, yes, that's right. So were after you, that, I quit been, the, the, the restaurant business. Then? Sorry, were you vegetarian or vegan at all before then? I was like flex flexitarian. I started okay. in the vegetarian restaurants like twenty five years ago. I'm forty two. I started at twenty hmm. uh, working in uh, vegetarian restaurants in uh, in Quebec. So I was very into when you were when you're a foodie, you're interested in food, you're interested in any kind of food, you know, ethnic uh, cooking, uh, vegetarian, vegan, uh, you know, vegan wasn't very invented 20 years back, I guess. Mm-hmm. It was more like vegetarian. And those guys were not now it's athletes. It's, uh, you know, well educated people in the, the when I grew up in the 80s, that was my 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 aunt, you know, that was uh, kind of weird, you know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It wasn't that long ago. Even, even. I mean, I think it was weird five years ago. Maybe it's yeah, still, right. maybe it still is, and we're just more into it now. It's not weird to us. I don't yeah, know. but back then in the eighties, we we suffered a lot with uh, those uh, here millet, millet pies, and it was very dry. It was, right, it wasn't eatable, you know. Yeah, and tofu. People, my mother used to boil tofu, and uh, that was disgusting. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, well, certainly and it's a come a long people, way. Uh, they, 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 they get, uh, they've been uh, marked by this, this uh, first try of our mother's 
to make us eat broccoli and uh, not so good uh, vegetarian meal and uh, microwaved oven uh, tofu and stuff like that. So now it's now I mean there's a lot of way now to make food uh, tasty. Uh, not just tofu, I mean, beans and tempeh and everything. And with, through ethnic uh, cooking too. I mean, Thai kitchen, I, I've traveled to uh, Thailand a lot. I've, I've learned how to cook there. Went to the market with uh, some chefs. And uh, I mean, it's amazing what you can do there with no meat. I mean, they, they, they use meat sometimes, but it's more like a seasoning, you know? Mm-hmm. And can you go there and be taken seriously as a chef when when you say... And I don't know if when you went here was after you decided you were going to be vegan uh, or a vegan chef, but like I just always pictured that if you go to Thailand and go to the market or the restaurant and say I I don't want any of that fish sauce in my food or whatever, like that that you would just be laughed at. Like can it be taken seriously? I know there's not that much of of meat in in the culture, but I just figured it kind of shows up in everything a tiny amount. Um, Do people like take it seriously? The idea that you don't want to have it? Yeah, you you still have to go to the vegetarian or vegan restaurants there. If okay. you want to make sure, mm-hmm. because those guys, uh, I've known a lot of people that uh, went there and uh, they had uh, food allergies, for example, you know, and they just going to remove the shrimp on your plate. It's not it's, it doesn't work like that, you know, right. but wherever you travel now, of course, if you travel to big cities, especially near a university or uh, I mean, in Boston or in New York or in Montreal, it's pretty easy now to get uh, vegan food, decent vegan food everywhere. But uh, in, when you, you go to foreign countries like this, I mean, it's, it's more difficult. But you have to, to find the right, uh, the right uh, restaurants. Sure. And, and where do you live now? I live in Quebec. In Quebec, near okay. Montreal. Do, yeah. you, do you cook at a restaurant there or do you do the online thing as your full-time? I just course? do the online thing now. I, uh, I have a book uh, coming out in two weeks in French. And uh, because I have a French side of my uh, my page too, right. my website is bilingual. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, that's right. I live uh, near Montreal and uh, I travel a lot. Uh, my wife is a doctor, so she has to do those, to attend those conferences. So unfortunately, I have to go with her to uh, to the States often. And uh, we just came from, uh, came, come back from New York when we tried a lot of vegan restaurants. And uh, that's where I get uh, most of my inspiration too, because uh, when you're a chef and you've been working in restaurants for a while, you can you taste something and you can tell what's in it, you know, hmm. and you can tell the the methods that they use to to make it uh, to make it this way. And uh, that's I think that's my strength because a lot of there's a lot of vegan bloggers out there, but. Most of them get their inspiration from Pinterest or uh, I don't know where. And of course, it, it's good to have a, uh, to look at pictures and, and, and things like that. But to make a very good recipe that works, that is simple and that everybody's going to like, I mean, it's, it's, it's harder, mm-hmm. you know. And it's the consistency of a recipe is very important. If you make a recipe... Uh, twelve times it, and uh, five times out of twelve times, it's it's, it's you're gonna <laughs> it tastes good. It's, I mean, it's it's not gonna be in my book. You know what I mean? Right. Sure. So so speaking of of cooking and and I guess taking it more seriously maybe than the typical Pinterest Instagram goer, um, 
<clears throat> I know you mentioned that you you on your site that you were classically trained to have a classical cooking background. Where what yes. is that background? Like where did you study and and what uh, I know you said you you've cooked in plenty of restaurants, but as far as education goes, um where did you do that? It's uh in Quebec City. It's uh French cuisine. It's a two years uh, formation to work in uh, in restaurants. So you go, you start with uh, chopping vegetables for a couple of months, and then you move to soups, and then you move to to, to sauces, and then you move on to uh, main dishes. And uh, amazingly, there's no vegan uh, <laughs> vegan recipes in that formation because French, their <laughs> classic French kitchen is everything but vegan. I would sure. say, but those techniques, I mean, French, if they can make you uh, cook brain, for example, and uh, thymus, which is a gland, riz de veau, and, uh, you know, liver and uh, kidneys. And if you can make those things taste good, I mean, tofu is an easy one. You know what I mean? (laughs) And so do you think that's an important, I I don't want to say important as in like everyone has to do that, but do you think that you are a better chef not not because you went to these schools that that you know you otherwise couldn't have gone not these schools but this school you couldn't have otherwise gone there if you weren't willing to cook meat like do you think the actual learning of how to how to prepare different you know very non-vegan dishes like has that helped you as a chef and help you prepare better vegan food or or is of it sort course. of just a totally different thing it does of course it's the same thing i mean if you do a sauce for example when you're when i wasn't vegan i would start with bones lamb bones and and i would grill it i would broil it on the oven and i would build i would build a sauce starting from those scratch those those uh those vegetables but now i just use vegetables but it's the same technique mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. i have a roasted uh vegetable soup it's the same thing you're roasting you're roast by roasting the vegetables on in the oven you you bring out those this this grilled flavor you know this earthy flavor this this depth that you can't have with with just uh, boiling vegetables, for example, and vegan and vegetarian cooking, it's another language too because you to 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 have this sweetness and this depth of taste, you have to use uh, like ingredients like miso, for example, mm-hmm. and uh, soy sauce, and I use a lot of maple syrup because we don't realize it, but milk, cream, butter. Uh, meat it's sweet you know so sometimes when you don't use cream or because it's in french restaurant it's pretty easy you just put a stick of butter and everything and it tastes good you know what i mean (laughs) but when you don't have this those tools you have to to develop another language to go for more uh ethnic techniques sometimes more ethnic uh ingredients and the Asian cooking is very, very uh, fr- vegan friendly because they have those fermented soy sauce. Soy sauce is a fermented salt. That's that's what it is, and it it brings out a, a, a depth of flavor. For example, I put soy sauce in the maple syrup in my spaghetti sauce. People go like, "Oh, you're crazy! What are you doing? You put maple. Uh, you put the uh, you know." Asian inspired ingredients in in a spaghetti sauce, which is Italian, but I mean, it works. The taste is good, and that's the most important thing. Because if you want to go vegan, there's a lot of people that uh, that are very good at uh, at uh, 
inspiring people to go vegan, but I, I'm at the other end of the spectrum. I'm, I'm, I'm not the stick, I'm more of the, the carrot, you know what I mean? I'm going <laughs> to show you a recipe and I'm going to help you to, to stay vegan for, you know, because sometimes people, they just don't know where to stop, where to start. I mean, they start with, uh, okay, everybody write to me, uh, I want to go vegan, where do I start? Because my family, they're not going to, they're not going to like uh, Indian inspired dish uh, right off the bat, you know? Mm hmm that's very interesting. I, this is this is giving me uh, a new level of respect for the, for the recipes on your site. I just I'm starting to you know as as I was looking at the site and kind of preparing for this interview, I was thinking, man, there's not not all that many recipes here. Like it's sort of interesting that this guy's is has such a big Facebook following and such a big audience when it's relatively few recipes compared to blogs that have 600 recipes in their in their list. Um, That's right. What, I, what I'm realizing now is that they're they're really well thought out and like potentially good versatile bases for other things and that you know really like you said dependable recipes um which i think is i just have a, have a new level of respect suddenly for these and uh i think that's really great the soy sauce thing actually is funny i have re i've been cooking a ton of italian food recently that's kind of just been for whatever reason that's what i like cooking the most and uh a lot of like handmade pastas and things like that and they're mm -hmm. they're surprisingly easy to make vegan you really don't need egg in most yeah. of those things um but the soy sauce, I've started putting that in tomato sauces often when they call for pancetta to kind of be like yeah. a like a beginning uh, part of it. I'll, I'll use soy sauce instead of salt because it, it seems to add this richness as well as saltiness without yes. any real smokiness, uh, like you might find from from you know using a, a vegan bacon or something. So yeah. uh, it, it's just interesting to hear you say that because I, I have stumbled upon that same exact thing. Yeah, that's the that's that's you. It means that you understand the language of vegetarian, vegan cooking you know mm -hmm. you're gonna substitute you're gonna find a way to substitute those uh ingredients to get more depth of flavors you know yeah, and that's what uh and try maple syrup i mean it sounds strange but sometimes there's something missing in a recipe you're like what's missing i'm gonna put some more salt uh, more spices, more of everything. Just put a, a, a tablespoon of maple syrup in it, and it's gonna it's gonna make it uh, pop, you know. <laughs> I just I actually just this morning saw a comment on one of your recipes uh, where you had maple syrup in something. I forget what it was. Maybe a maybe it was the tofu peanut butter tofu recipe. And somebody yeah. said, "Why do you use so much maple syrup and everything? Or why are you always adding maple syrup?" And then you said, "There's to balance the acidity or something," which I thought was just funny. It's funny to hear you say yeah, that. Yeah, it's to balance the acidity. Try to try tomato sauce with no no sugar, no anything sweet at all. Uh -huh. I mean, if it's if you can have a garden and it's uh, it's a tomato season and everything is sweet, perfect. But I mean, sure. with canned tomatoes and stuff like that. But I mean, I don't hold back on flavors, and I think that you have to be bold. And of course, I would uh, if I would listen to uh, the comments. Sometime I would just go, "Oh, uh, I'm gonna hold back on maple syrup. It's <laughs> dry, but maple syrup everywhere." But those comments are from people that didn't do my recipes, that didn't taste it, you know. Uh -huh. Because pe when, pe when people uh, do my recipes, they're like, "It's so simple, and my family likes it. Mm. Isn't like it amazing?" This. Because sometimes. Uh, you go vegan, but uh, it doesn't mean that your kids want to eat uh, tofu all day long, you know. So when they uh, they actually find a recipe that please uh, the husband or the, the the wife or the other person or or the kids, they're like, okay, that's a, that's a no brainer. Every Thursday now, it's gonna be <laughs> general sauce tofu. You know what I mean? Uh huh. <laughs>
So I'm curious how you, what your process is for developing these recipes. I mean, are you, are you just putting together something and it tastes great and you're like, all right, I could turn this into a recipe or are you, are you going back to the drawing board a lot? You know, I you, start usually with a protein, whether it's tofu or tempeh or uh, seitan or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I usually look around and I go to the grocery store and I live in the countryside. So if I can't find in, an ingredient at my shop, uh, my local shop, I'm going to substitute it because I don't want people to go to, 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 to go to New York, you know, and to quit their job to, to be able to, to cook my recipes. <laughs> so usually I'm very good at substitution. So I'm going to start with an idea and, uh, it's pretty straightforward from there because when I, I used to work in restaurants and the chef would go like, okay, we have this, so you have to you have to uh, to do a recipe with that. And I was very good at cleaning the fridge. They were very happy because the food cost. Whenever I was working in a restaurant, they were like, oh, it's amazing that the food cost dropped a lot because <laughs> I mean we don't throw anything on the garbage anymore. It's not because it wasn't good anymore. But when you have like uh, 50 pounds of mushroom, you have to find a way to get to, to, to cook it, you know, properly. So that's basically the, the, job of the, the, the job of a real cook, of a chef, it's to create recipes, you know. Sometimes li- line cooks, their job is not to, to create recipes, it's to do the recipes. But I was more, I was more, uh, I'm, I'm more creative. So uh, my strength is... You, you present me with everything and I can cook it and I, I can make it delicious. Because cooking, it's, it's taking something that is basically uneatable and make it palatable, you know what I mean? So, uh, I mean, there's, there's food combinations that go well together. Maple syrup, soy sauce, uh, or you go for more uh, Mexican, like uh, cumin and coriander. And, uh, but there's, it's instinct, but the simplest, the simpler, the better, I would say. Cool. So we mentioned, uh, we mentioned your Facebook following and your blog, and I want to get to the, I want to, I want the answer here. How, how did you grow (laughs) this big giant Facebook following where you get 3000 people liking your posts, um, without putting up that much blog content. I mean, you got, what, 100 recipes on here? Maybe maybe not, probably not even that many. Yeah. Um, you have a blog that it looks like is now defunct, right? No no blog posts or anything that are now visible? I hope, is that on purpose? No. <laughs> yeah, I mean, basically it's recipes and it's recipes that works. I would have doubled this amount of following if I would have put out a recipe every week or mm-hmm. th- three times a week. But I mean, I want people to do my, re- I don't want to put out a recipe that doesn't work. And I don't want to put a recipe, put out a recipe that has two thousand in, two thousand ingredients that nobody's gonna make. I want to, uh, and uh, honestly, I don't really know how it 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 uh, it has grown so fast because I'm not really into tech, and uh, I'm very bad at uh, technology. I had to learn how to shoot my videos by myself because uh, because I had to because I'm by myself in this uh, this adventure. But uh, basically, I think it's the recipe and it's people sharing the recipes. Because cool. anytime I put out a recipe, it has to work because I know that an hour later, someone's going to post a picture of the recipe. Because sometimes, most of the time, they have all the ingredients. 
and, <laughs> and that's what is cool about cool about uh, the internet. I'm I'm myself I myself cook recipes from the internet. I I don't take recipes literally, but uh, you know when you see a recipe and you you have everything on your fridge, isn't it amazing? <laughs> you don't even you, <laughs> uh-huh. that's sorted out for for to, for tonight, you know. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm amazed every time I open my Facebook account and I see all of those comments, and uh, I'm very great, grateful for to people for following my recipes. But I I, I just try to to help people, and I'm not thinking uh, vegan people, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm not try. I'm trying. I'm, I'm always thinking of my sister-in-law that lives in con- in the countryside that has two kids, and that just want to eat less meat, you know, and she doesn't know where to start, you know? Yeah, so I like I, that. I, yeah, nope. I'm going to start with the spaghetti sauce. I always tell people, start with your recipes, your fav- favorite recipes, your uh, shepherd's pie or your spaghetti sauce or whatever, and uh, try to put tofu instead of meat. And most of the time, people, they, they, they just don't, uh, they don't realize there's tofu instead of meat, you know? <laughs> I like that. We we often think of uh, do the same thing, right? We're we're trying to appeal to beginners, and as much as our you know our audience is certainly a strong core of, uh, of vegans, but we as much as possible try to kind of preach this small steps, start where you are approach. Uh, you know, it's okay if you can only do so much, and you don't you can't go vegan overnight. Like we we like all that. I think that's a really great message, and, and I have no doubt that that. And you mentioned the simplicity of your recipes that people can just can just make them because they have the stuff there. And as I was looking through them, I noticed exactly that. Um, I certainly, that's a, a huge, huge part of it. Uh, yeah, but because, I mean, it's, we don't live in a magic uh, world, you know, where everybody's going to watch a video on the internet and they're going to turn vegan uh, overnight, you know. Yeah. People, sometimes they're, they're going to start with one animal. With uh, they're gonna stop uh, eating pigs, or for example, because they, they think it looks like the, their dog, or for many reasons, and they're gonna start by. Uh, I, I like to nudge people into it, you know. Start by uh, meatless Monday, and then meatless Tuesday, and uh, but I think the key is the recipes, and it has to taste good, because if you you announce your family, okay, tonight it's very it's a vegan meal, and it's this they taste it, and it tastes like a we don't, uh, they're not gonna be, you know they're not gonna stick to it but if it tastes good at one point they don't care if there's no meat in it you know yes yeah i agree i think that is super important yeah and one thing i love about uh your videos is that you know th- th- there's there's a lot of videos online right now there's like little demo videos that are two minutes long um and they just kind of show you how to do it but most of them leave out just huge chunks of it so when you watch the video you really have no idea what you're doing but i actually think i could follow your videos and still cook the the food and it would be yeah yeah and some people told me well done. oh it's boring we don't want to see you uh, cutting vegetables i mean that's part <laughs> of the recipe i like you know that's, that's right. like i mean that's that's zen like to me to watch somebody chopping chopping vegetables <laughs> on, a, on a video yeah I that's like right that. so it fits and one, one yeah, and there's an amazing fact because my, I'm with my wife for 10 years now and she was very meat and potato and she she didn't cook for a very long time and she started cooking actually with my videos. Hmm. One day I, I came back home and she was doing cookies. <laughs> Watching it, it, she was like, oh, it's amazing. I can stop the video <laughs> and put the flour and put the sugar and restart the video. I said, oh, isn't it amazing? <laughs> <laughs> And one thing I want to say to people that uh, that that don't know 
anything about cooking, start with cookies. Start with muffins. Start with uh, maybe cake or something fun, you know? And then you can move on to more elaborate dish or with a soup, for example. Or, uh, you know, because it has to be fun in the beginning because it can be very intimidating to especially work, work with heat when you don't know how, how the stove works or uh, you, you, you're scared of cutting your fingers or, you know. But just to get interested, get your kids interested in cooking by doing st- fun stuff, you know, like cookie, cookies and muffins and stuff like this. I like that. My daughter and I just this weekend made uh, made cecamariti, which is a an Italian pasta that you that you roll by hand, and it. Uh, it's, oh yeah, it's a nice little little. Yeah, kids, dumpling. they like to touch food. They like to play yeah. with food. They if totally. you if you, then you nudge them, you encourage them, they're gonna. And I mean, the only way to know what's your what's in your your plate is to cook it. Seriously, I mean, some of my recipes have oil, have sugar, have. But if you did the cake you're not gonna eat the old cake because you're gonna realize oh man there's like half a cup of oil in it you know so by cooking you realize if you cook french fries for example that's a lot of work to cook homemade french fries so you're not gonna eat french fries every day mm-hmm. you know <laughs> yeah so start by cooking your food and you're gonna realize that Oh boy, there's sugar in it. So I'm just going to have a little bit of cake with a lot of fruits on it, maybe, you know? Yep, it's just I mean I think uh, again to go back to the Buddhist theme, it just introduces this this element of mindfulness into your cooking that unfortunately most people these days just don't have, right? We just we just buy whatever or or you know, We just... want a quick fix, we want a quick solution. <laughs> I try to propose a quick solution while cooking, you know? Because cooking the general sauce tofu or the uh, my peanut butter spicy tofu, it's it's faster than ordering in a pizza, you know? <laughs> it takes like 15 minutes and it's healthy and you know what you put in it and you can balance it and you can accord it to your family's taste. If they like it more sweet, you put a little bit more maple syrup. If they, they like it uh, with, less, with less maple syrup, you, you, you can adjust, you know? And if they like, uh, they don't like some kind of vegetables, you can put, you can substitute it for another kind of vegetable. So uh, that's that's the secret of home cooking. It's uh, at one point you know you know what are your uh, crowd pleasers too. Awesome, I like it. So one more thing about the the website, just because this, as always, whenever we have a a chef on, it inspires me to want to uh, be more serious and better about cooking. Um, so I'm definitely going to cook a lot more of your recipes, but, uh, for those who might be similarly inspired and say, Hey, I want to do what, what John Philippe is doing. And I want to, I want to make my own site and I'm going to grow this massive Facebook audience. Um, (laughs) well, I mean, is, is that really all that you have, have had to do? I mean, obviously you've put in a lot of work to making nice videos, even if you say they're not high tech, um, they are nice and tasteful and your photos are tasteful as well. Uh, is it is it as simple as make good content in the form of good recipes, keep your Facebook post updated, and make some good videos, or or I mean, are, are there tricks and things that you've that you've had to do um, to get it to the level where it is? Like just just social media, you know, getting people to share or whatever. Have you had to do other stuff, or can someone just start cooking good food and sharing it? And you think that's that's enough? I mean, first be useful. I mean, if you're useful on this web era. People are gonna find you because you 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 put out informations, you know, about uh, 
about uh, for in my case it's cooking and there's a reason why I don't have a yoga page for example you know it's because I suck at yoga I'm not a yoga teacher I'm a chef you know so do what you like and what you enjoy and don't wait to be uh, the top uh, of your uh, in your in your business to to start a, a Facebook page or any page there, you're always gonna have something to teach someone you know whether you're just into cooking for a few months or, uh, I mean, just go out there and uh, everybody has a camera. Use video, that's for sure. Because uh, with Facebook, uh, if you use video, I mean, you're, you start ahead because of the autoplay. And uh, be entertaining, be yourself, and be useful. That's the most important thing. Be useful. And as those algorithm uh things i think now you can you can find people people are gonna tell you okay if you post on this day if you post on this at this time if you post three times a week five times a week 20 times a day it's gonna i mean there's no recipe and it's an algorithm and i think facebook and youtube people that work there don't even know what the algorithm is doing nowadays mm. it's all artificial intelligence so if of course don't post in the middle of the night or or if you want to reach australians maybe but uh <laughs> post post on facebook and get involved in the community go comment uh post your video share your things on vegan groups for example i mean it's useful if you go don't spam but if i make a recipe i'm glad to share it with people and to go to go to uh, vegan groups and say hey that's my recipe want to look at it i mean don't be shy to get uh, to get in front of the camera or just to film uh, a recipe uh, and as I told, you're always ahead of someone and you always have some, something to teach to people. But be useful. I mean, I don't, I don't put out so much uh, selfies because I, I, don't, I don't really think selfies is going to help anybody uh, on the Internet. There's, there's enough selfies in this world. <laughs> but if, I, if, I, if I, I can fix your problem, you have a problem, you don't know what to eat tonight. I can fix your problem. People are gonna are gonna, are gonna share your uh, your your stuff. That's for sure. All right, there you go. I think that is a, a perfect place to end it. This uh, this has been really fun, inspiring for me, and uh, I I just love the Buddhist connection. I love uh, I love how this how this little interview turned out, and uh, I think you're doing some great stuff. So uh, for anyone who wants to check it out, it is at thebuddhistchef.com, and that is that. If you just go to BuddhistChef.com, will that work too, or do you have to have the in there? Uh, no, I think if you Google uh, the Buddhist Chef, you're gonna end up on my page, and there's a book okay. coming. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna translate the the book uh, in English, that's for sure. This this year, uh, because I have a lot of request request for a book, even though those recipes are available on the website. But for the book, it's gonna be 75% brand new recipes. Okay. Very exciting recipes too. Nice. And the book will be called The Buddha Chef? Uh, yeah, that's for sure. Good. 2018, hopefully. We're working on it. Uh, but uh, yes, it's going to be uh, very good. Otherwise, you can find me on Facebook, uh, com as well, on the internet machine. <laughs> there you go.
Yeah. All right. Well, awesome. Jean-Philippe, thank you so much. This has been great, and uh, look forward to to being in touch and, and doing something together in the future. Thank you so much, guys. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye bye. All right, Doug. That was fun. That was a good interview. Thank you to Jean-Philippe Sir and the Buddhist Chef for coming on. Uh, I am inspired as ever. Absolutely. Me. Me too. I really am. Good. Well, hope everybody liked it. Uh, I do want to put one fi- final reminder in there that our first hangout for Nomad Athlete Tribe is tonight, the day this podcast goes live, Thursday, October 5th, 8 p.m. Eastern with Sid Gardner Hillman. We're going to have a lot of fun. Uh, it's not going to be just a dry Q&A session. We're going to just hang out. And uh, I'm really looking forward to, to getting to know members and hanging out there. So if you want to join us there and continue to support the show, it is nomadathlete.com slash tribe. <laughs>